Good morning. It's a beautiful Sunday in the old Pueblo, and you're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored rock and roll radio station. With tomorrow being Memorial Day, we wanted to share our 2018 interview with David Carter, the designer of the USS Arizona Mall Memorial on the University of Arizona campus, and it's going to include some parts we've not previously aired. Today is May 29th, 2022. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core, and we shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A-Mountain to U-Arizona and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, streaming on downtownradio.org, available on your iPhone or Android with our Downtown Radio Tucson app. And, of course, you can always get us here directly on the show by emailing us, contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org, Head over to social media with Facebook and Instagram, and our website is lifealongthestreetcar.org, where you can uh, find our past episodes and include information about our new book we just released. And uh, one of the stories in that book from our first year of interviews was about the USS Arizona Mall Memorial, which sits on the mall right in front of the Student Union on the University of Arizona campus. And with tomorrow being Memorial Day, we thought we would revisit that interview with David Carter. And we actually included uh, some elements that we didn't have time for on the first show. So this is a little bit more of an extended version with uh, David Carter, designer of the USS Arizona Mall Memorial. I'm David Carter. I was the uh, creator and project designer for the USS Arizona Mall Memorial. Um, We've thus far uh, accomplished two of our three objectives with this attempt to have a mainland tribute to the 1,177 sailors and marines who were killed on the USS Arizona at Pearl Harbor. Um, We have on the mall now, uh, since December 2016, a full-scale outline of the deck of the ship. It covers 1.3 acres, almost 600 feet long, almost 100 feet wide. It's a little bit difficult to try to grasp the extent of it from any given position. You almost have to sort of walk that outline to get a a sense of it. I um, had 15 seconds of fame um, day before the 75th anniversary of Pearl Harbor on on the CBS Evening News when I was explaining that in the original layout of the outline of the deck, we began at the curb in front of Old Main. When we got down to, there's a concrete retaining wall in front of the desert garden, we had five-eighths of an inch to spare. We ended up slightly tweaking that alignment, but that was an example of something uh, are you providential. Saying it was meant to be in this location on this spot. The outline of the ship explains something of the scale of the of the ship. But within this uh, plaza, 39 feet wide, uh, some 90 feet across, 
uh, are three-inch brass medallions to each of the men who were killed on the ship. And that is the second step. That's conveying the human scale of the loss. And we're trying here to um, have something of an entree to younger people. So on each of these medallions, we have the year born and the year died. One, one fellow survived into 1st of February, 1942, a day away from getting care in San Francisco uh, before he died. All the others uh, died in 1941, most of them on December the 7th uh, during the attack when a Japanese bomb uh, blew up the forward magazines, literally lifted the forward portion of the ship out of the water um, and instantly killing um, most of those 1177 sailors and marines. The third aspect that we hope we can have in place um, before too much longer is something that has a Wi-Fi aspect where someone with a phone or ability to plug into uh, Wi-Fi on the mall here will be able to call up any given name and where we have photos, see on a phone a photo of that guy and read about him and his family. In the case of 26 families, when the word came, it was not that one son had been killed, but that two had died on the ship. So there are 26 pairs of medallions that have italic notations at the top saying brother of, uh, and the initials of the other brother, and then the corresponding inscription uh, for the for the other brother. There's also a uh, similar inscriptions for a father and son who were killed on the ship. What uh, research uh, by my wife has made very clear, she now has compiled uh, going on 400 profiles of the men killed on the ship and is still working away on that. I hope to shortly be retired and be assisting her in completing that work. Um, but what, what she has found is that it wasn't just brothers and a father and son. There were dozens and dozens of cousins on the ship. There were uncles and nephews. Uh, there were scores of guys who were best friends, typically growing up in small towns. Um, and then there was one man uh, who grew up outside of Waterloo, Iowa, uh, William Ball, Bill Ball. Five brothers who grew up with him, played ball with him, when they heard of his death on the Arizona, they went down to enlist and they insisted that they all be allowed to serve together. In November 1942, they were on the light cruiser USS Juno, which, it's a large ship, but it took 
two Japanese torpedoes. Four of the five brothers were killed almost immediately. The fifth brother survived for over a day before he also succumbed, before the Navy was able to rescue those who, who were still alive. So those were the five Sullivan brothers. Um, it was a famous World War II movie made about them, about their experience. There was a destroyer named after them that is uh, today tied up uh, out, outside uh, Buffalo, New York. Um, so it was an Arizona connection to the worst of the incidents where brothers and relatives were perished. You had uh, talked about uh, age mathematics. Uh, the typical age of, of uh, one of the, the names on these medallions, how old were, were these men? There was one guy from Tucson. Uh, he was still 17 when he died. One quarter of the men who were killed were still teenagers when they died. Five of them were still 16 years old when they died because they had enlisted illegally, wandering the late 1930s in much of the country uh, was still the aftermath of the Great Depression. Um, there were a huge number of men on the ship who were orphans. Their economic prospects were minimal. Um, it seems then that the average age is somewhere um, in that 19 to 22, 23 range. That's right. Which is exactly the the average age of the, the student walking across this this campus every day. Right. So so we hope that we can have a, a number of different aspects to a third phase of this, where uh, if you're here at the university and from uh, say Michigan, you want to see the men from your state. You can you can do that in sequence, or if you want to see uh, the men who are this were the same age as you are now, you could also do that. Our hope is that we can have perhaps six different positions around the outline of the ship where from that position you can be able to see on a, on a phone or a laptop a view of the ship from that position. I just got what, goosebumps. What it looked like. I just got goosebumps. That would be phenomenal. I, just walking the outline of this is so inspiring. But just to, to, to get that view would be uh, would be amazing. But we'll be back to the second half of our interview with David Carter from 2018, talking about the USS Arizona Mall Memorial on the University of Arizona campus, and we're going to find out why it's there and in 2018 what the future might hold. But first, I want to remind you that you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar, Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087, BK number 0902429, Equal Housing Opportunity. 
And we are back. We're going to finish up that 2018 interview we did with David Carter about the USS Arizona Mall Memorial. We're going to talk about why it's in its location, some things that uh, in 2018 the future may uh, may have held for us. And there's uh, actually some pieces in here that are not part of the original interview, so you're getting some fresh content as well. This isn't something that just happens. What 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 drew you to this project in the beginning? What, why did you think this was important, and how did it end up on the U of A, A Mall? Well, I was a U of A student in the late 60s, early 70s, and uh, was a journalism major. I wrote one article for the Wildcat, but was often dropping in, visiting friends who worked on the Wildcat. It was on the second floor of the Student Union, and across the hallway was a small museum with memorabilia from the USS Arizona. Um, Years later, that first Student Union, which had the bell in a tower uh, with grill work in front of it, where you couldn't you couldn't see the bell, and the and the small museum up on the second floor, where most people had no idea it existed. The replacement uh, student union was built circa 2000, and you can now see the bell. It's visible in the new tower. And directly around the corner from the tower, on the first floor, in a highly visible area, is the small museum. And a beautiful aspect of it is that it incorporates uh, brass uh, windows and doors from the first student union. So it's a very nautical aspect to, to the museum. I was talking in 2012 Mark Kelly came to Centennial Hall to provide a community update on the rehab of his wife, uh, Gabby Giffords, in the aftermath of the January 8th shootings here. There was a small gathering uh, backstage beforehand, and I was talking with Frank Farias, who for decades was the head of the bookstore. Uh, I knew that he had been part of the planning on on the new student union, and I was congratulating. I had been by recently and had seen the seen the new the tower, the student union, and uh, the small museum. And I was congratulating him on that. We were we were talking about it when, in my mind's eye, I could visualize the nearly six foot long, one one hundred scale model of the ship, which is in the in the museum here. It's the ship as it was in 1935. Um, It's an excellent model, but from having visited uh, World War II destroyers, uh, similar to the one that my father served on, um, I knew that a model doesn't begin to convey scale. It's hard for anyone uh, to translate the scale of a model, even if it's a round number like one to one hundred, into the the size. So I I said to Frank, it would be great if we could outline the ship out on on the mall to convey that scale. And a fraction of a second later, I said, and if we could include the names of each of the men who perished on that day on the ship. 
that would convey the human scale. So that was one of steps one, steps two, and then gradually uh, evolved the idea of trying to further expand what's out here with the help of, of Wi-Fi. If we can have people be able to come out and see photos of, for example, three of the men, including a guy who at the time was 15, when they were at boot camp, uh, that really is, is it's so powerful to see an image like that. What I would imagine for the families, we were just talking earlier before the interview of someone whose husband was the, the nephew of someone that was on the Arizona, and then the, the, hearing about this was something that they, being today December 7th, that they wanted to come out and be a part of that. And this is, you know, this has been open for two years now. This has been open and been talked about for some time. So there's still families just learning about this. And uh, the research that you and your wife are doing, 400 stories, I would imagine that's just opening up a whole other realm of, of uh, historical perspective on this event. Um, it's, it's something that uh, Bobby Joe is, is taking the lead in trying to convey um, the personal aspects and, and the stories. The fact that, um, well, uh, last summer she was she was able to get hold of a fellow uh, in Hillview, a small community about 70 miles north of St. Louis in uh, corn country in, in Illinois. And he thought he could uh, get hold of a woman at, at a county or regional historical society. Um, he did, had her call back and Bobby Joe had known that there were two men from, from Hillview that uh, died on the Arizona. The woman uh, talked with her for about half an hour, explaining everything that she had been able to gather about these two men. And Bobby Joe was very appreciative, but she was uh, thinking that, well, that this is great. I need to get to work on it. And she was beginning to thank the woman for her help. When the woman said, well, are you not interested in the other two men? My wife did not know that there were four men from Hillview, which in 1940 had a population of 540. That two of them went on the ship initially. The two others followed success successively. Uh, and all four were killed. They were not related. They were within three years of each other in the local small high school. Um, but even though not related, for a small town like that, every single person sure. likely knew them and the impact of that. We, we set out everything here in alphabetical order, irrespective of rank. The Tucsonan uh, Seaman second class, brand new, uh, to the Arizona, immediately precedes, in alphabetical order, his medallion immediately precedes that of Captain Franklin Van Bolkenberg, the skipper of the ship. How are you figuring out what stories to investigate and, and what names to, to do first? Uh, it's a bit of a mix. Um, 
some of it has been as something that's readily available, um, and where it's 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 known, or there's there's a connection, or someone calls uh, in or emails, okay. uh, and there's a connection. Um, but also partly, it's it's trying to systematically work through um, yeah, the names. Early in 2019, the National Park Service at Pearl Harbor uh, is expecting to finally post uh, the high-res scans that have been made of personnel records called bricks. They were in cardboard rectangular containers in the executive officer's quarters uh, on, the sh on the ship. Uh, they're all singed from the fires that raged for, in the case of the Arizona, for three days before anyone could get on the ship. We're hoping that the information in each of those bricks will be a real uh, leg up on trying to compile the remaining profiles. I remember when this uh the inaugural uh, event uh, in 2016, you had survivors of the USS Arizona. Are, are they still all living? Have they, are they passed? Um, there are today five uh, remaining survivors. And of those five, uh, amazingly, two were up on the rangefinder platform uh, in, the, in the port platform. They were partly sheltered by the 36-inch diameter of the foremast of the ship on which the bell that's here today uh, was hung. Um, when the forward magazines exploded uh, a bit to the starboard or right side of the number two turret, the, that blast uh, killed all the men who were in the starboard fire control um, unit. The ones on the port side, because of the foremast and being a little bit further away, were able to, to get out. Um, a line was passed to them from the vessel, the um, repair ship tied up next to the Arizona. And a seaman there disregarded an officer's orders to sever the line so the vessel could try to get out into the harbor. Um, so there were, I think it was eight or nine men from that uh, fire control director, a, a steel box, that were able hand over hand to get off. Uh, both Lauren Bruner, uh, one of the survivors today, and Don Stratton, they were in uh, hospital for nine months before returning to service throughout the war. Uh, but both of them, in succeeding years, have had operation after operation for skin grafts because of the burns that they received. Um, Bruner came out here in 2016 uh, in September, when the university played uh, uh, Hawaii at the at the football stadium here, and Bruno was introduced 
at halftime uh, beforehand that after that uh, that day he had fielded questions for about 45 minutes from uh, Navy and uh, Marine uh, ROTC students. One of those students, pretty sharp guy, managed to email him uh, a couple months later. Uh, he knew that Bruner lives uh, outside Los Angeles. Uh, he said that I'll be graduating in June, I'll receive my commission as an ensign, would you be willing to come over and give me my first salute? And Bruner, who is uh, at the time was uh, 94 or 95, said absolutely. So we hope to get posted um, on a website a video of that first salute. Wonderful. This is a this is an amazing undertaking. Uh, step one of the physical scale and step two of the of the. Um, the human scale is, is quite amazing, and I'm, I'm excited about step three of this historical perspective that's coming um, with technology and time and energy. There's there's so much um, so much to look forward to. Thank you for your time. Thank you for doing this, and thank Bobby Joe for us. Thank you. That was David Carter, and that interview first aired in 2018. And it's one of our feature stories in the book we just wrote called My Life Along the Streetcar, talking about the USS Arizona Mall Memorial and its placement on the University of Arizona campus. Quite an inspiring uh, sight to see. And I hope if you have a, a chance to get out there, you, uh, you take a look at the memorial and maybe walk the deck of the USS Arizona. Well, my name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar and Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. BK number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the USS Arizona Mall Memorial with an interview uh, we did back in 2018. It uh, was the designer, David Carter. Tomorrow being Memorial Day, we thought it was an appropriate topic for today's show and would also like to leave you with some appropriate music to finish up our day before Memorial Day show. This is with uh, Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. It's a, a rendition of This Land is Your Land from a 2005 album they did uh, called Naturally. I hope tomorrow is not just filled with barbecue, but also some reflections and thankfulness for those that have served in our armed forces and who did not make it home. My name is Tom Heath. I hope you have a great week and tune in next Sunday for more Life Along the Streetcar. This land is your land.